Good morning. Welcome, church. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. If you would, stand with me. We are going to worship the Lord this morning. I'm just going to open us with a brief word of prayer. I'm a little out of breath. Okay, I just ran upstairs. Sorry. God, we are so grateful for your presence this morning. Thank you for your goodness. God, as we prepare our hearts to take communion today, we just want to say thank you for your gift of the cross. You came down and gave yourself for us, for our sin. But you didn't stop there. You adopted us as your children. You gave us a new life, a new identity. We celebrate you this morning, and we are thankful. God, and we're grateful for the work that you're doing all around the world this morning as we prepare our hearts to hear about the move of your spirit around the world. God, we're in awe of you and all that you do. Thank you, Jesus, this morning. Help us to fix our eyes on you, not to be distracted, but to worship you. Amen. Let's do it this morning. Come lay them down 
the cross. Jesus is waiting. God so loved the world. Amen. Amen. I'm going to read a call to worship this morning. This time from Genesis chapter 16, verse 7 through 13. This story you guys are familiar with. Abraham and Sarah have been promised that they're going to have a child. Abraham was promised by God that he was going to be the father of many nations. And when that didn't happen, they started to get worried. And they had an idea, like we do, to take matters into their own hands, right? So Hagar, uh, uh, Sarah said, take my servant Hagar and let's make this happen. And that created a lot of problems, right? Like it does. And so later in the story, Sarah's jealous, she's bitter, she's being mean to Hagar. And so Abraham, uh, actually, it says that she ran away. And they're out in the desert, and they're alone, and they're scared, and they're sad. And they think that they're forgotten. These are not God's chosen people. These are just regular people. And this is what the word of the Lord says. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man, whatever that means. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him, and he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. It's a funny thing to say to a mom, right? But it says she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. And that's why I put this in here this morning, actually a long time ago. And it feels so true for us to reflect as we enter into worship. Those of us who have seen the one who sees you. He sees us. That's the God that we serve. Amen. So let's worship him this morning. He's worthy. And he sees us and he receives our worship. In Christ alone Fiercest trial. 
just continue to remain in just this attitude of worship and recognition of just how much we need our Lord. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I just feel this overwhelming sense of of need for my God. God who sees all of the burdens that I I feel like I'm carrying today. Maybe we have some here who feel that overwhelming need for God and his strength. I know some have come forward in in faithfulness and expressing their need for God and I just want to invite anyone else who feels that need, that overwhelming need You are invited to come to these altars and lay those down. With our our hearts and minds focused on the Lord. Standing if you need to, sitting if you need to, kneeling if you need to. I just wonder if We are hungry for more of God today. Maybe you sense it too, just an overwhelming hunger and thirst for God, for his goodness, for his glory, for his renewal, for his strength, for him to do something new and beautiful in our midst. I hunger for that. I long for that. And there are moments where I recognize it more than others and This is one of those moments. And for anyone else who might be feeling that, I invite you to join me in prayer as you express your desire for more of God. And maybe for some, you express the realization of just how much you need Him. And so, God, we come before you this morning. We stand 
sit or kneel before you this morning. God, you see us for who we really, truly are. We cannot hide in this place. Even if we put on a face and hide from one another, we're really good at that. God, we cannot hide from you. God, I thank you that you don't allow us to hide from you. God, you, you pursue us. God, you come after us because you love and you care for us and you want us to be seen just like Hagar. You want us to know that we're not alone, that we are, are seen, we are loved, we are valued, we are worthy. And God, you want and long for more for us. God, we know that you long to do a new thing in our hearts, in our lives, in our church, in our communities, in the lives of those around us. God, we get so distracted. We get so focused on other things. But God, this morning we just pause and we just open ourselves up to you and to what it is that you want to speak to our hearts in this moment. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us in this moment? We just sit in the silence, in the stillness, and we wait for you. Thank you that you faithfully draw near to those who are brokenhearted, overwhelmed, weak and weary and tired, those who may feel crushed in spirit, as scripture says, as David says in the Psalms. God, we thank you that we can come before you we can receive your love and your grace and your mercy and your strength. And God, I just pray that as we receive more of you in this moment, that it wouldn't just be for this moment. God, I pray that it would be that whatever we receive from you would be something that we continue to carry with us as we leave this place, as we go on about our, our daily lives, God. God, may we just be more aware of your presence in each and every moment. God, may, be, may we be sensitive to and aware of, of your work that is always going, that is never ceasing. God, may we look for you in each and every moment of our day. May we take this longing with us.
God, may we be a community that comes together, that stands arm in arm and hand in hand alongside each other, carrying one another's burdens, caring for one another's needs, listening to each other, being sensitive to each other and open to to growing deeper relationships with one another. God, would you just continue to unite us as a body? And God, we know that as we come together as one, that we will clearly see you, that you will be present, you will be seen. God, we just pray for those in our congregation. Lord, we just pray for those who are not here today, who we know are dealing with various sicknesses and infirmities. God, this morning we remember Marcella. And we just pray for her, God. We just pray that you would continue to strengthen her body. God, we praise you for just the... Uh, what feels like a miraculous thing you have done in the midst of all of, of the situation of her fall and her recovery. God, it, it, it seems to be overall going really well, and we praise you for that. But God, I know that with each day comes new, maybe new challenges and maybe new difficulties and defeats. And so God, whatever that might look like for Marcella today, I just pray that you would be with her. Be present in her home this morning, God. Help her to, to feel your, your loving presence, your strength. God, we remember Eric and Denise and Tarek this morning. And we just pray for little Tarek that, that, that you would just be with him and touch his little body, God. He has been catching all kinds of sicknesses and and it's just been one thing after another for him. And so, God, we just pray that you would be with Tarek. God, would you touch and heal his body, give him uh, just a strong immunity, God. We pray for, for rest and renewal for, for Eric and Denise as they care for Tarek. God, would you just be present in their home this morning. Help them to see and feel your presence in their midst. Help them to know that they are seen and loved this morning. God, we continue to pray for Wade. We just thank you, God, that, that you have been with him and with Sarah as they navigate this, this diagnosis that feels a little uh, foreign and overwhelming. But God, we just pray that you would be with him each day, each small step that he takes. Would you just be with him, give him strength, give him peace. And God, we, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch his body. And while healing might be an impossibility in, in, the, in the eyes, in the logic of, of those caring for him, God, we know that with you nothing is impossible. And we declare that truth and we put our faith and our trust in you this morning, knowing that you are almighty, all-powerful, and we trust you. And we trust Wade to you. God, for those needs which we may not see or know today, I just pray that you would make yourself known to each person, to each burden, 
to each family. God, would you just help them to see you and to know that they are seen. God, we offer our praise this morning. We love you, Lord. God, we just thank you. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness and your mercy. God, I pray that you would anoint our brother Carlos this morning as he comes to speak and to share. God, would you just anoint him? Would you, would you just fill him with your words, with your testimony, God? Would you help us to be encouraged by what he shares with us? Would you help us to be challenged? Would you help us to be open to seeing you and hearing from you in a new way through our brother we just thank you for the work that he's doing. God, we love you. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Amen. For those of you who made it, still standing, you may be seated. <laughs> well, at this time, I won't waste any more time, and I'm going to invite um, our friend Carlos to come and to join me on the platform, and, and I just um, want to challenge you and encourage you to, to just really pay attention to what Carlos has to share with us. Um, I'm excited to hear from him. I've spent just a, a brief moment with him uh, last night as, as he came into town, and I was just already excited about today. Just I can sense uh, his heart for the Lord. I can sense the burden that he carries as a missionary in my generation. We're the same age, Carlos and I, and so there was a connection there of just uh, an awareness, I guess, of, of that burden that we carry for, for our, our people and our generation and, and for those to answer the call, for those coming up behind us. Uh, to answer the call. And so I hope you'll be challenged by that and just open to what it is he wants to share with us. So Carlos, welcome. We are so glad you're here. Would you just give him a warm welcome this morning? Good morning, brothers and sisters. Before we begin, let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for being King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you for being our great provider. We thank you for being our great healer. We thank you for being our protector. As I'm about to share, Father God, I ask that my accent not be a hindrance to your word. I ask that my appearance, Father God, will not be a hindrance to your word. I ask that your word will go forth with power and clarity from on high. Father God, we pray that your word today will find fruitful, good soil, Father God, and that whatever seed you wish to plant in the hearts of your people today, that it will be planted and it will flourish into a beautiful tree that will produce fruit in good time. We bless your word to our hearts in your son's name. Amen. Amen. All right, so my name is Carlos Gordon. I am from the island of Jamaica. I am presently serving as the regional finance coordinator for the continent of Africa. And I'll be sharing a few things uh, with you this morning. The first thing that I want to share with you is that I do not want to be here. <laughs> not at this particular church because you are wonderful people, but I did not ever in my life would think that I would be standing in this position sharing 
what God has been doing in my life and through my life. I had a plan for my life, and it was a good plan. And then God says, we have another plan for you. <laughs> and so I wanted to share just a few things uh, with you. And I prepared a wonderful, uh, I think, uh, PowerPoint presentation. Um, but whilst I was preparing it and sending it out, the picture that you're seeing here, as you'll see, that's my first official slide. But then a few days, weeks ago, I inserted this picture at the front of it and sent it off to pastor here. I was not sure why until this morning during praise and worship. I did not understand why I needed to share this picture because it does not match the flow of anything that's there. Um, but <laughs> we know our God, and he sometimes has a very, very strange sense of humor. So let me share with you. Like the woman with the alabaster box, I had an alabaster box. With everything that I held precious to me, and the reason why I held them precious is not just because I'm vain, uh, but there were things that I had prayed to God about. I had fasted to God about, and that God had seen it fit to bless me with. I remember a few years ago, my prayer group and I, we would meet at the beginning of the year, and we would put a list together of things that we're hoping that the Lord would do in us and in our lives. And I remember this particular year, I wrote a list and I told the Lord what I wanted. And he granted everything on that list, except one thing. And I'll tell you about the other things first. We had a car, well, I had a car, and we referred to it as a dry weather car. Because on the island, it rains a lot. And during our rainy season, water would come in through the roof. And when the roads were flooded, water would come in through the bottom of the car. And so I prayed for a new vehicle, as you can imagine. The windscreen wipers didn't work. And so when I was driving, in order to see you, my younger sister would have to stick her hand outside of the car to clear it off so that we could see. And I said to her, there is going to come a day when we will sit in our vehicle, we'll be dry, and we won't remember all of this nonsense that we're doing now, and that the Lord is going to show up for us like that. And I remember one day we were driving. This is after I had gotten the new vehicle. And I started laughing. It was raining. And I started laughing, and I laughed, and I laughed. I laughed to the point that I started to cry and could not see the road, so I had to pull off. And my sister said to me, what's wrong with you? Why are you behaving this way? What's happening? And I turned to her and I said, you do not remember, do you? You do not remember when I told you that the Lord was going to show up for us in a way that when he has delivered that which he has promised to us, so we will forget but he brought it back to my memory. 
because we were there dry, driving home. That was one. I was in a job. I did not like it. I'm sure some of you can relate. You get up, you go to work, because before your paycheck comes, the bills have arrived. And so you have to go to work, and so you go to work. But I was in a job I did not like it. And I put that on my list, and the Lord granted it to me. And there were some other things there. But the last thing that I had on it was that, you know, Lord, I want you to use me as you see fit. And I looked on, and I realized, you know, that was the Lord who snuck that in on my list. Because if that wasn't on my list, I possibly would not be here today talking to you. Because of that list of about 10 or 11 things, that was the very last thing on my prayer list. And when he asked me to serve in this capacity, it meant I would need to give up everything else that he had given to me. And I said to my sister, this doesn't make any sense. Why would the Lord grant me all of these things only to tell me to give them up? And she turned to me and she said, you know, you've always said to me that the Lord has a funny sense of humor. You were very specific with the job that you wanted, the salary that you wanted, the opportunities that you wanted, the car that you wanted, even the make and model down to the year. You were very specific. But if you go back to the list, you never said to the Lord how long you wanted these things for. <laughs> and so he held up his end of the bargain. But you had one more thing, and he was going to grant it to you because you asked him to. But that means you need to give up everything else for him. Yeah, she was not so wise. I was really, really angry with her at that time because I knew she was saying the truth and I knew it was the Holy Spirit that was speaking through her. But in that time, the Lord led me to a scripture. And it's in Exodus chapter 4, verse 2. And the Lord said to him, and this is to Moses, what is in thine hand? And he said, a rod. And I thought about it, and I said, Lord, you're asking me to become a missionary and to serve in your church. I am not a pastor. I am not an eloquent speaker. I have never been to seminary or a Bible school. The only thing I know about the word of God is what I learned through attending Sunday schools, arguing with my Sunday school teachers profusely, going to Bible study, challenging my pastor every Wednesday night. Um, I remember him one night, um, I was not physically there, and he called me, and he said, for some reason I missed you, even though you keep challenging me, but I missed you. And I looked back and I said, you know, Lord, I still don't know what you're calling me to. I am not the traditional missionary. My studies are in experimental biology. I did a master's in international business management. What am I going to do with this? This does not make any sense. And he led me to this scripture. What is in thine hand? And so my question to you is, what is in your hand? 
Because I sat in church, and I heard persons speak, and I heard persons teach and preach and did all these things. I got involved in church from a very young age, involved in the choir. I would sing to the back, sing as low as I could. I got involved in cleaning the church. Anywhere that I could serve, I would serve, once there was an opportunity to serve. And I kept on saying to God, I have nothing to offer. I have nothing to say to your people if you should say, okay, go to Africa and to go talk to the people there. I have nothing to offer. And it's the same thing that our brother Moses said. I have a rod, and a rod is just a stick. It's insignificant. And so essentially I was saying to God that what I had is insignificant. And I looked at the things that I had in my alabaster box, and I held on to them dearly. Held on to them dearly. And then he asked me, will you pour out that oil for me? If you say that you love me, that thing that you are holding on to so for dear life and so preciously, will you pour that out for me if you say that you truly trust and love me? Are you willing to do that? And we wrestled. And I argued and I go back and forth with him, back and forth with him. And I don't know about your relationship with the Lord, but there are times when I will interact with him and I, it's almost like a negotiation. He's willing to hear certain things. And there are other times, it's not optional. I said, do this. This was one of those occasions. And so I was in a good job. <laughs> I was with my family. I had my friends. I had everything that I could need at that point in time. And when I told my friends and even my family that, hey, the Lord is calling me to serve in Africa, I'm positive that you all will know that my country is world-renowned for the smoking of marijuana. And so they actually asked if I was high. <laughs> because it's not logical. It's not logical. And for me, I felt a little high as well. Because I was thinking, where are you going? You know no one there. You, you have never met anyone in this organization. You've only seen them via Zoom. And then the Lord is saying, hey, come. I am asking you to leave your home in the pandemic to come and serve me in some place that you don't know. And I said to God, are you sure you know what you're doing? Sounds very strange, right? Can you tell I'm very argumentative? Are you sure you know what you're doing? And I said, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. This doesn't fit in anywhere for the wonderful plan that I had for my life. Because, you know, I know everything and my plan was good. It's a good plan. Yep, my plan. But as I look back, I realize that the Lord took that nothing, that insignificant nothing that Moses had, that rod, that really didn't serve a purpose other than, you know, maybe shoeing sheep 
or helping him prop himself up in the field. And God used that insignificant rod to turn the waters in Egypt to blood. He used that insignificant rod to part the Red Sea so that the Israelites could walk on dry land. So I'm saying to you that you might have a gifting, and I know that you do, and it might seem very insignificant to you. But when God steps in, he is the one who makes it significant. I give an example. I visited a church once, and I know there are several persons who they clamor after certain positions. The preacher, the teacher, the worship team leader, those are the positions that everyone wants. But the most significant interaction I have ever had in a church was with the greeter at the door. The greeter at the door who smiled at me when I came in and gave me a hug and made me feel as if I was here all this time made me feel at home. And so if it is that your gifting is just to smile and greet someone at the door, do it. Because you're not doing it as unto man, but as unto God. Because the smile, and this is one of the things I fail to remember, the smile doesn't belong to me. It's God's smile. My hands don't belong to me. They're God's hands. My life does not belong to me. God's. And so in these insignificant situations, God shows up and we think that we have nothing, absolutely nothing to offer him. And he's asking you right now, what do you have in your hand? I know a lot of persons are saying, oh, you know, I'm too old or I'm too young. I'll tell you about an old lady, now old lady. She prayed for 30 odd years, 34 to be exact, in a country that is not known for sending missionaries. I'm speaking about my NMI president. And she's now old, and she can barely see. And I remember her coming to the service that they were having for me and they wheeled her up in her wheelchair. And she said, I prayed 30 odd years to see this day. And she held my hands. Do you understand that even in your situations, you are praying for people who might not have existed, who you'll never meet in this life. So you're saying, oh, I'm too old, but you can pray. And we as missionaries, we who are serving, we who are pastors and leaders and your neighbors, we thank you for your prayers. So don't think it's insignificant because I know the power of prayer. I have seen it manifest in my life. I've seen what it's like when someone prays for you and they come back and say to you, I have been praying for you for years. I've been praying for you before I even knew who you were. And that is a great responsibility. So you might not be able or willing to get on a flight and go to somewhere unknown. 
but right there in your home, right there in your car, right there wherever you are, you can pray. You can pray for the work that the Lord is doing, not only in Africa, but here in the U.S. as well, for your neighbor next door. And you'd be surprised to see how the power of God moves. As I said, I had a wonderful presentation put together. But this is a picture of the entrance to my home in Nairobi. And there, if you look to your bottom right, I think, or left, you'll see a dirty flower pot. And I have three flower pots leading to the entrance of the door there, but this one was very insignificant to me. The other two are beautifully decorated. They have a plant in, uh, plants in them, and they're thriving. But this one at the door, nothing is in it. It gathers leaves from the tree that's above it. And I remember one morning, I was coming in uh, from a trip early in the morning, and the Lord brought my attention to the flower pot. And I looked at it. And when I looked in the flower pot, there was some dead flowers in it, different types of flowers. And so I looked around, and I'm looking up at the tree, and I'm going, there is a collection of different types of dead flowers in this flower pot, and I don't know where they got, how they got here. But I brushed it off. I went inside, went to bed, got up the following morning. When I opened the door and looked again, I saw a fresh flower in the flower pot. And I looked at it and I was a little confused because I didn't understand. There were a lot more flower pots that are there, prettier flower pots, but there was a flower that didn't belong in that flower pot there. And I was gone for about three months. And my neighbor, we live on a missionary compound. My neighbor has a young daughter. She's about four years old. And I was told that every day since I've been gone, she would pick a flower, she'd go to my flower pot, and she'd put it in. The reason I share this with you, and the reason I think the Lord asked me to put it here, is that some of us are going through some situations and we think the Lord has forgotten us. We think the Lord has forgotten us. We have become insignificant. Even in the church, we might have been very active before and persons used to rely on us heavily. We might have been in our jobs and we commanded a certain level of attention and a certain level of power and we think that the Lord has forgotten us. When you're traveling and doing the work that I do, sometimes you do feel forgotten. But a four-year-old girl, and, and, and an insignificant flower pot, the Lord brings into your life to remind you that even when you're in your most desolate places, even when you are seen as insignificant, even when persons are walking by you every day, not paying any attention to you, 
The Lord still remembers you. He still remembers you. It might not feel it. And I know sometimes we're going through some situations and it is quite difficult to feel the presence of God in our lives. And I remember I was doing a Bible study and I never understood how it tied back into my studies in university. And it was about God and him pruning, pruning us. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the pruning that goes into, you know, when he's shaping us. And sometimes when we're growing, going through that time of pruning, it's very painful. And we don't want to go through it. But I remember when I was in my botany class and we were learning to prune the plants. You cannot prune from a distance. Let me say that again. When you're going through your season of pruning with the Lord, the Lord does not prune you from a distance. When you're going through that season of pruning, that is when he is closest to you. That's when he brings you in and he's looking at you and diligently clipping the areas that need shaping. But we cannot be pruned together. He takes us individually. And he takes us and he looks at us and he says, my son, my daughter, it might hurt. You might feel alone. You might feel like I'm not hearing you when you're praying. But I'm right here with you. I'm not going anywhere. And sometimes we fail to understand that as everything around us is changing, the Lord has us in the palm of his hands and no one can pluck us from there. The difficulties may come. The challenges will come. The doubts will come. I cannot tell you how many times I have packed my suitcases and said, God, this is it. I'm ready. I'm going back to Jamaica. I mean, you, he had me in Denver last week or the week before, and I have never experienced that level of cold before. <laughs> I said, my God, I could be on the island of Jamaica, on a beach with the sun kissing my skin, but you have me here in three layers of clothing plus gloves. Plus gloves. Oh, I didn't have the earmuffs this time, but I should have. But then he reminded me that in this life, it is better to be a servant of the Lord than to become a king. Sounds contradictory. But it's better for you to be a servant in God's kingdom than to be a king in this world. And I know it's a flip on what everyone has told us in our lifetime here in the world. And so I know that if I were still in Jamaica, 
doing good things for the Lord. I know that I could be doing good things for the Lord back home in the comfort that I'm used to, in the family that I'm used to. But I know I would be living in disobedience to the will of God on my life. And that is significant in so many ways because I am now realizing what it means and the impact that it has on the kingdom of God for an individual to be obedient to the will of God in their lives. And I'm not saying this to chastise anybody. I'm saying it to encourage you. There are people in this world who are waiting for you to be obedient to the call of God on your life for their lives to be transformed. Do you understand that? There is somebody waiting at this very moment for you to be obedient to what God is asking you or has been telling you to do in order for them to come to know Christ. Because your experience has been one that they can relate to. You're the only one who is going to be able to speak the language that they speak, that they're able to understand that they're coming from the same place. And if the Lord can do it for that one, he can do it for me. Will you be obedient? Will you use that nothing that you have in your hand for God's glory? Will you take the time to say to God, whatever it is, the little that I have, I'm going to use it for your glory. I have some silly thoughts in my head. Very silly thoughts. And when I share them, my younger sister will look at me and she says, you know, sometimes you're so foolish. Why would you have these ideas? I remember I was sharing with her that I can't wait to get to heaven. And she said to me, why? I said, I want to meet the people who prayed for the folks who came to our island, who gave to Alabaster Funds so that the property that our church is now on in my little community, in the hills of a place called St. Catherine in Spanish Town, could be built and that I could hear the word of the Lord. Do you understand how significant that is? I know it sounds silly, but I want to meet those people. I want to tell them thank you. I want to tell them that you have no idea how my life changed because you were obedient to God. And I think about it every time, even just now when I was there and the Lord was talking to me and I said, no, I prepared a beautiful slide show presentation and I'm going to present it. And then I remember it, he said, you need to be obedient to me. So I know it's not your typical missionary service. And I know some of you were hoping to hear a lot more of what's going on in Africa. And I wish I was given permission <laughs> to speak more about it because I, I can show you, I had like presentation ready and re rearing to go. But, yeah, I think I need to be obedient to what he says that I should say. And sometimes that's not easy, and sometimes it's disappointing. But I do believe 
that his word will not go back onto him void. It won't. And so whomever needs to answer whatever call that he's calling you to, please be obedient. Take it from someone who has been disobedient many times, and still I'm disobedient many times, because it's a constant arguing with him. As I say to you, I'm very argumentative. I argue with him about the simplest of things. And I should know better. I should. And just allow me a few more minutes. Let me just share one quick testimony with you about why I should know better. When I started uh, the university, uh, my family could not afford to send me university. And I don't know if it happens here, but back home, after a certain point in time during the first semester, they will deregister you from your program because you haven't paid your tuition. And I remember it was about three days before deregistration. And I was walking onto the campus, walking like this, and I began to talk to myself aloud. Well, not to myself, to God. And I said, God, you need to do something. You're the one who placed me here. And you know that we have no money for me to be here, but I'm here. You need to do something. And the day of deregistration, I got a phone call. And I know if I didn't live it and I was in your position, I would say that, you know, this guy is stretching a story. I can show you, because I still have the letters. I got a phone call, and the lady on the other line says, hey, we have a scholarship for you, and it's going to last for a year to cover your tuition. And I said, excuse me? She said, I, had a, I have a scholarship for you, and it's going to cover your first year of studies. I said, thank you. And I was so happy. And I called my parents and I said, hey, guess what? Or my first year of university is covered. And they're like, how? And I said, the lady called. And that's what she said. I'm not questioning it, lest she change her mind. So <laughs> they paid the tuition for a year. Year two came, and I got another call from the lady. And she said to me, all right, we're going to cover it for the rest of your university career. And I said to her, um, my grades are not that well. She goes, not to worry about it. We'll take care of it. It's fine. And the Lord covered my tuition for my undergraduate studies. But I say this, but I don't think many people know my God. Because when my God shows up, he shows up in fine style. I don't know if you notice. When he shows up into a situation, he shows up and there is no question about whether or not he's the one who did it. And so at the end of my university career, the university calls me and they go, uh, Mr. Gordon, do we have, were you living on campus? And I said, no. They said, do you have any outstanding library books? Nope. The bursar said to me, then why do we have so much money for you? I said, money for me? 
Me, I said, are you sure? Carlos Gordon. And they're like, yes, we have money for you. So I said, uh, give me a moment because I have never actually paid any money to the school. Let me find out from the foundation what's going on. And so I called the lady and I said, so guess what? The university says that they have X amount of money for me, but I know it's not my money because you guys paid it. So I'm finished now. I'm graduating in a few months. You can bless someone else with that money. And the woman goes, Carlos, that's your money. You should have been using it to buy books or if you wanted to board or if you needed it for transportation, whatever it is, you were supposed to use that. We had increased the amount that we were giving to you, but nobody told me. Nobody told me. I'm telling you about my God and how he shows up in fine style. Whilst my friends were trying to scramble to get money to pay the university for the remainder of their tuition or whatever was outstanding, I was getting a check from the university to spend how I wish. You might be in a difficult situation right now. And you don't see how God is going to show up. Continue to trust him. Even when it looks foolish. Even when everyone around you is saying to you, come and try this new method with me. Trust God. Trust God and his unchanging hand. He is the one who is your provider. He is the one who is going to carry you through whatever situation it is that you're going through. It's difficult. And one of the most difficult things I don't know for you, but for me, is to just to be still in the presence of God and allow him to do things. Oh my goodness, I am a planner. So I need to know everything from start to finish. And he's saying, take one step at a time and trust me. And I... I can't do that. I, I can't. And so I'm asking you to be in much prayer for me about that. It's one of the areas of my life I still struggle with, with trusting him and being obedient, because I can see that I need to get there. And I know how to get there. And he's saying, no, wait here. And I don't want to wait here, because I see the goal, and I know how to do it, because I know everything. I know everything. And as I wrap up, and I'm talking about the, the, the direction, um, as you can see, I am not too keen on exercising. And so it's been that way since I was in university. And I remember one day, like during that time we were there, I was there, and I was walking on the campus. And normally I would go that direction to go and catch my bus home. But there are many directions to get to that area. And the Lord said to me, walk that way. And I stood and I said to him, Lord, this doesn't make any sense. You know I don't like exercising. Why are you sending me this direction? And it was one of those instances where it's not a discussion. It's a command. And so I walked that way. And the minute I set foot on the stairs going up into this building, a lady came down. And she looked at me. And she said, you look like a student who needs a job. And I said to her, you know, 
I have been told many times that there are some crazy people on this campus, but you're the first one I've met. And she laughed and she said, no, bring your resume to me. This was my second year of university. She said, bring your resume to me. And I said, okay. I went home the night and I said, this woman is so strange. Why would she just, she doesn't know me. Why would she say, bring me your resume? It was a Thursday afternoon and so I brought it the Friday morning to her. And she has not opened that envelope with my resume. She looked at me and she said, can you start Monday? And that was it. Say this to say that. Sometimes the Lord is asking you to do some things that you don't want to do or some things that seem silly. But be obedient. It's not easy. Because like me, some of you there, you might know everything too. Be obedient. And I could tell you a whole story about how that unfolded into some other things. But I know we are pressed for time. I've left some prayer cards with you. And I appreciate prayer. I do. If you come to my home in Nairobi, I have every little card. And I got a card, a welcome card, when I arrived at the hotel from the church. And I keep all those little cards. Because sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I will forget. You know, I will forget. And I put it on my closet door. And every morning I go in to take down clothes. And on those days when I'm not feeling as I should, I remember. I'll take one down and I'll read it. And it reminds me that even if I'm not physically present with the people, there's so many people who are across this world who are praying for me. Who are praying for my strength. Who are praying that God continues to use me. And so as you feel led to take one, as you remember me and the other missionaries serving in the world, pray for us. As you see other persons around struggling with the call that God has on their life to serve, pray for them. Because there is immense power in prayer. Thank you. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you. Father, maybe one day you will explain to me what happened today and why you have told me to put down my wonderful presentation and just speak. But I know, Father God, enough of your presence, Father God, enough about you, Father, that that which I have said, you needed someone here to hear it. Father, we thank you for the work that you continue to do in the lives of your people here. We ask, Father God, that the love that will emanate from this place, Father, will speak nothing, Father God, but about your glory. Help the folks who are here, Father God, and who call themselves Christians, Father. Help us to not only confess with our mouths, Father God, that we are your children, but by our actions, Father God, let our actions speak that the communities, Father God, and peoples that we come into contact with, Father, will be changed, will be renewed, Father God, and will be drawn to your presence. Father, we thank you for the work that you continue to do. 
and that you continue to call lives, Father God, not to a physical church, Father God, but to the body of Christ. We thank you that you're still a merciful God that sits high and looks low, Father God, and you come to be with us, Father God, when we need you to be. We thank you for guiding our footsteps and for ordering our, our words, Father God. We ask that you continue to challenge us in ways, Father God, that only you can do. We ask, Father God, that you continue to bless the children of this church, Father God. Help them to continue to grow in fear and admonition of you, Father God. Help them, Father, to be witnesses into, in their schools, Father, that others may come to know you as Lord and Savior. We give you all the praise and all the honor that's due to your name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Carla, so much for sharing. Thank you for being faithful. Yes, please. Um, as the, I'm going to invite the praise team to come. Um, but while we wait for that transition, uh, thank you again, Carlos, for your faithfulness and your obedience. Um, I just really appreciate your attention to the Holy Spirit. And I trust that while to some it might seem odd, but I trust wholeheartedly um, in the provenient grace of God and the knowledge of the Holy Spirit that it was exactly what someone here needed to hear. Uh, we trust that to the Lord, and we say thanks be to God for you and for your faithfulness. Um, and in just a moment, you're all going to have an opportunity to give uh, to Carlos for his his mission work, and we're going to give to his uh, ministry. And um, as you prepare that, if if you will write your checks out, we're going to actually listen. We're going to do something we haven't done in a very long time. We're going to actually collect past plates and collect an offering. So you might be. This might seem a little foreign to you because you haven't seen it done in some time. But um, if you are writing a check for Carlos today, if you will write that, make that out to BFCN, and we're going to take all of, of the collection and we're going to write Carlos one check to simplify that for him. And so uh, that's how we are going to ask you to do that. If you have cash, you can do that too. Um, but also I've, I've, we have QR codes that we've sent out ahead of time just as another way for you to, to give and you could even continue your giving. But I, I wanted to say all of that um, and so uh, in just a moment the ushers are going to come. But I, I just want to encourage you um, to, to just ask the Lord what he would have you give today. Um, and last night I had the unique um, opportunity to hear from Carlos and just the work that God is doing in his area in Africa. Uh, there is a groundswell of, of new believers. The, the church is growing. It's exciting. And I, and I sat there and listened to Carlos talk, and, and, and it was so exciting. And I, I just asked him, I said, what can we do? Like, what? how do we get that? I want that. I want us to experience this groundswell, this growth, this excitement in the life of the church and new believers and, and, and then the work of the Nazarene church there is exploding, and I just long for that. And so I say all that to say, let's continue to pray for God's work to be done here, right? As, as God is doing a new thing all over, let's continue to pray that we would be sensitive and open to all that God wants to do right here in our midst. But I want to encourage you that God is working in and through people like Carlos, that God is, is using him. And I so appreciate 
his faithfulness in answering the call. And I think we, oh, we who are not missionaries, we who will wake up tomorrow and go to the same job or receive a stable income in the, the same way that we always have, it's reliable, we can count on it, it's not going to change, more than likely, God willing, right? And we're safe and secure, but people like Carlos step out, and they step out in faith, having no idea how God will provide, but trusting that he will, testifying that he always does, and now we are invited to participate and be a part of that. So uh, as the ushers come forward, go ahead and come forward. Let's uh, ask a prayer before we receive this offering. God, we just thank you so much for Carlos and for his testimony and for the message you gave him today. Thank you, God, that we can open up our, our ears to hear uh, his, your word through our brother. And God, I just pray that, that you would take our small act of faithfulness this morning, and I pray that you would just multiply. God, I just pray that you would continue to provide in, in amazing ways for Carlos and, and for his ministry. God, we just thank you for his faithfulness or for, for his faithfulness and for your faithfulness. God, may it be a reminder for those who are sitting here and those who might feel moved by Carlos' message this morning. God, may, may it be a reminder that we can step out, that we can be obedient to whatever it is you're calling us to do, knowing that you will provide all that we need, whether it's financially whether it's the knowledge, the wisdom, the experience. God, there's nothing you call us to do that you don't make a way for, that, that you, you continue to show up and provide all that we need. And I can testify to that, and I say thank you. Thank you, God. Lord, would you just use this offering to bless Carlos, to bless his ministry. But God, we also pray that you would just continue to show up in powerful ways. And may we remember our brother, our new friend. May we remember him in prayer. May we reach out and, and connect and be an encouragement to him. And may we continue to hear of the exciting things that you are going to do. We thank you. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing as we transition from a time of giving into the opportunity to come to the table to receive communion. i 
transition into a time of, of gathering around the table, as we say, as we prepare to receive communion. I thought today would be an uh, especially beautiful day to come to the table as we invite our, our brother Carlos to join us and, and gather around the table with us. It's, it's just this beautiful, tangible reminder that this body is so much greater, so much bigger than just us here, that, that we are a part of a larger body. Right? And so we are, are coming together this morning with open hands, ready to receive more of Christ. Um, I've shared with you before that a pastor that I listen to who, um, who shares communion with his congregation every single week, he says to them often that he hopes that they eat so much of the bread and drink so much of the juice that they feel as if they will turn into bread and juice. And he said, that's when... It'll finally, you'll, you're starting to get it. You feel like you're becoming the bread and the juice. It's, it's finally starting to sink in. And so um, I just pray that we would come to the table open and ready to receive from our Lord so that we can go and pour ourselves out uh, to the world around us. So God, we just pray that you would be present in this time. God, that you would bless these elements Lord, as we gather around this table and receive from you tangible reminders of your grace, God, I pray that this would be a sustaining meal and that we would truly be blessed through your presence, through your love and your grace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite Bo where he went, but uh, there he is. <laughs> I was like, did he leave? <laughs> I'm going to invite Bo. Uh, in just a moment, you'll be dismissed. Your rows will be dismissed. Uh, an usher will come and dismiss your row. You'll be invited to come forward. Um, but first, I'm going to, as always, come to those who are not able to come forward. And so uh, if you are not, please slip up your hand. I will come and serve you and just uh, enter into this time with, with prayer and openness to God. to remind you, friends, that on the night that our Lord was betrayed, he took some bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, this is my body, which has been broken for you. Do this and every time you do, even today, remember me. Friends, take, eat, be thankful. And in the same way, he took the cup and he gave it to the disciples and he said, this is my blood which has been poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Every time you drink, remember me. So friends, take and drink and be thankful. Thanks be to God. Would you join us as we sing? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. 
Amen. Amen. All right. I know we've kept you a little long today, but Jim, I'm going to rely on you for the announcements this morning. I don't have my notes in front of me. So uh, just make note of some things that are going on in the life of the church. The mosaic baby bottles, which you've had for about a month now, are going to be uh, need to be returned next Sunday, February 12th. So if you have those, uh, please plan to bring those back next week. Alabaster offering, it's February. It's time uh, for our alabaster offering. And so you're going to see the box out in the foyer. You can bring your alabaster boxes, or of course, you can give in other ways to support the alabaster. Our brother Carlos uh, mentioned the alabaster and just how useful it is and, and how he sees the fruits of the alabaster offerings and your faithfulness. He sees those fruits, the, the, the reward of, of that faithfulness in his everyday ministry. And so I'm just thankful for that reminder. So that's going to be going on next month. Girls' Night is going to be here at the church uh, Tuesday, February 21st at 6 p.m. If you have not, ladies, uh, take a look at the sign-up sheet out in the foyer. Let us know what you might be able to bring to that. Sorry. <laughs> Women's breakfast, we're going to be just another way for you to gather. We're going to be gathering Tuesday, February 14th, uh, assuming you don't have any other Valentine's Day plans that morning, at Bob Evans at 9 a.m. And I can't think of a better way to spend my Valentine's morning than with some ladies who might be available to join us. So looking forward to that. And I think that's all, right? All right. Thanks for bearing with me. I'm going to invite you all to stand this morning. Brothers and sisters in Christ, may you go in the grace and power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May you go and walk in obedience and faithfulness to what he has called you to do. Follow him each and every step. Listen to him each and every moment. You are seen. You are loved. You are dismissed. Have a great day.